Is it about East Banking? No, the thing was uh, President Franklin Roosevelt submits the Emergency Banking Act to Congress to ease the run on small banks, causing them to go into bankruptcy. Oh, because everybody's taking their, their money out. Oh, they're taking their money out. Okay, because it didn't say... Because that's, that's your run on banks. You go and go, I need my money, I need my money, right. the money's going to disappear. Because there was nothing that... At that time, there was no federal deposit insurance corporation that guaranteed your money would be around up to a certain amount. Right. It just got raised from 100000 to a quarter million, I believe. <laughs> Which is great, because that means that there's now uh, at least 250 times my checking account balance and, that I'm insured for. It's just gotta did, get I, did, did I tell you we don't get do this for money? Account. Yeah. Um, You've got to do this for a couple more zeros. <laughs> Why that just be more zeros? I know that's the that okay. A couple more ones, maybe some nines in there, some more nines, some more zeros, and a, maybe a one. Okay, one hundred and sixty-one dollars. <laughs> no more zeros. More zeros. Nine hundred nine thousand. Six hundred and ten dollars. Okay, that's pretty good. I'll take Where, that. Where's, where's the decimal point, though? Uh, way, 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 way to the right. Oh, okay. No decimal point. <gasps> no decimal point. Mm-mm, John, you're getsy. I've lived, you know, I live life without a decimal point. Your go-to bar is the Tornado. <laughs> I don't feel like walking very far. I guess I'm at the Tornado with Steve Ballmer. I'm so ridiculous. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You're listening to Beer School. We're here to help you and your friends learn to like more than one kind of beer. There's lots of beers to like. Some beers are brewed right down and actually served right down the street from where you live. And others have to travel to the same bar halfway around the world just to get there. Learn why beer tastes like it does, how other styles came about, and that beer has been available in the United States for the last 75 years. For 74 years and like, well, uh, you know, 361 days. Some of it never went away. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, the best part about beer school is? The homework. The homework <laughs> is beer. And, uh, wow, you know, we, we are, we've just gotten through Thanksgiving, but I'm going to have to say we should be in thanks of some legislation that got passed 75 years ago. Does it have anything to do with high-speed rail? better oh <laughs> so did, did it's you, like a banana it's like a banana. it's a banana you have to, you peeled it once you have to repeal it you know back in the day they would have really liked high-speed rail because they used to have to uh, it was evidently it was a problem the rum running boats between mexico and canada that went up and down the, the california coast, coast, the california coast stuff in. and they would drop uh they would be full of rum and they would drop uh, their illegal cargo off at various places uh, in the middle of the night or possibly during the day under the cover of, oh, we're just making, sh- we're just bringing sugar. Well, luckily, uh, the Northern California coast has a lot of little coves, a whole lot of little coves. A whole lot of little coves. Where you can bring stuff ashore. Well, some of, and some of those were part, were partly there because they were bringing, they were there on purpose. They would, they'd been brought or they had been made. Uh, so that, um, what was I going to say? That grain could get loaded, so that ta- uh, tanning uh, supplies, like uh, uh, to work to make hides, 
right. to, to, to process to, hides. To, to cure hides. Right. And so they would put the supplies on the boat so that these guys had stuff to do while they were sailing up and down the coast. I've got, uh, what, two years before the mast on my uh, iPod. We could listen to that. Except the guy who narrates that is worse than a computer-generated voice. Oh, that's hard to believe. But, yeah, sailing around, what, 1842 on the yeah. California coast? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we set ashore at Monterey. <laughs> the people there were in garb, not untypical to the colonialists who had come up from Mexico. Filmstrip guy. <laughs> times, times worse. Anyway. Well, 1933 is an interesting year because it, it – Things that were going on then echo what are going on now. Yes, banks were banks were collapsing and needing uh, bailout. Um, this, as we've seen from this act, um, uh, the United States Executive Order Number Six One O Two, which is uh, basically saying you can't have gold. Well, it's re- it's untying the dollar the value of the dollar from the amount of gold stored in Fort Knox. Right. That was important. But anyway, they uh, they bought all the, the gold back from everybody. Said, here's 20 bucks <laughs> I've seen those and ads. change. I've seen those ads on TV. Oh, yeah. It's the same I, thing. Melt down your gold. Melt down, yeah, melt down your gold. Melt down your gold. Put right. all your gold in an envelope, mail it to us, <laughs> and we promise to send you a check. How? Who does that? I don't know. <laughs> By the way, if you have gold, we'll convert it to money for you. Actually, you can send us your gold. We will send it back double its weight in pennies. How's that for you? Send us gold. We will send it back Actually, double its weight in pennies. pennies. Yeah, Double its weight in pennies. Boy, the shipping's going to cost a lot, though. No. In, well, if somebody sends us enough gold where the weight in pennies to be mailed back actually is going to bother us, don't worry. I'll foot the, I'll foot the bill for the shipping on that. All right. Somebody mailed me a brick once. <laughs> Not a gold brick. A, a couple of bricks from a building that was getting a historic building that was getting knocked down. Wow. Have you ever sent a brick on purpose? No, but I have filled uh return envelopes with uh debris to uh causes that I don't want to support because right. they still have to pay for the, the postage. And if the postage is you know full of gunk <laughs> the funniest story. I don't know if I've told this story on this show or not. Does it have anything to do with repeal, John? Because that's what the show. No, about. no, it's funny. It's related. <laughs> I know. To when we moved into, into this office, there was a somebody had left a stack of envelopes that went to I think it was Wells Fargo uh-huh. in Texas, and there was like 150 of them, and and every day, every business day, for 150. I filled that envelope with something. Nice. A uh, a bus pass, a paper clip. 21A coasters. A 20, well, no, I didn't want to give away the location of where <laughs> they were coming from. So, you know, one day it was a bunch of rubber bands, and it, and there was a note that said fight. It was back. Uh, Halloween came and went, so there was uh, Halloween candy that Small went. Oh, candy cane. Yeah, candy so there's, some, there's, there's some poor person that, that misses getting the random crap in the mail. Um... I manage my mother's Netflix account, and if she has a scratch disc, she'll put a note in with the disc and send it back to Netflix, and then I get an email saying, we don't read your notes. Don't put notes in the envelopes. <laughs> and then I try to explain to my mother that they're not humans on the other end. Please don't send notes. And she still does. 
Roosevelt's first fireside chat was in uh, was eight days after the inauguration. Oh. Guess who's doing the same ish thing? Although it's not on a fireside, it's in the YouTube. Putin. Yeah, Putin. Angela Merkel. Angela. Ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that uh, Bob Coleman. Bob Coleman. <laughs> Bob Coleman. Bob Coleman's fireside chat. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into Bob the other day. Bob Bob Loblaw <laughs> in his Loblog. <laughs> we don't even Obama. Obama. <laughs> and his Loblog. And his Loblog. Bob Loblaw's Loblog. <laughs> <laughs> We don't even have beer open. What do you want me to open, John? I don't know. Uh, we have <laughs> you sing existential it. pale ale. We have Cumberland pale ale. And we have Boss Cox double dark IPA. I would say we start with the ex- ex- existential. Okay. Is this the one that has the song? No. The other two have the song. Okay. This one. This is uh, existential pale ale from the New Holland Brewing Company. Of Holland, Michigan. We've had one of their beers before. Yes. And for some reason, I saved this one. This came from... Actually, wait. I'm going to change my mind. You are? Because that one is 10%. Oh. Maybe we should just save that. This one is 4.6. Let's start with that one. Yes. And does this we'll one have, have a song that goes with it? This one does. Can you sing the song? Got tired of backpacking and unpacking. Town to town, up and down the dial. Just maybe think of me. I'm at Barrel House Brewing in Cincinnati. <laughs> okay, now we have an. Who beer. says you can't catch a buzz off a bitter American? I only had one. Ooh, lively. <laughs> Watch out for the cookie. We need a narrower table. We need uh, assistant. Well, we have the kid, but the kid's tied up in the corner again. His kid keeps saying, what am I getting you for Christmas? What am I getting you for Christmas? I want a dinosaur. Can't have a dinosaur. You know why? Because they don't make dinosaur chow anymore. No need to. <laughs> well, what would you make dinosaur chow out of? Smaller dinosaurs. Exactly. Well, it depends. Are you feeding a, a, an obno, a herbivore or a carnivorous dinosaur? Oh, right. So you feed the... You feed the lettuce to the uh, brontosaurus, brontosaurus, and then you feed the brontosaurus to the T-Rex. Right. Yeah. Hope the T-Rex is hungry. Mm, Nice slab of stegosaurus ribs. I want to eat a T-Rex. About the beer. Okay, we're way off topic. So uh, this FDR's show is about uh, the headline in the paper today was that Obama will be taking cues from FDR in how to quickly respond to an economic crisis. Okay. Well, I mean, this is it's right here. I just uh, I just uh, searched for 1933, and here's the plan. You do have it all in writing. I do. It's all right uh, here. Created a number of different uh, federal agencies that all. They called it the alphabet soup because they were all sort of known by their acronyms, including the TVA, which was the Tennessee Valley Association or Agency, Tennessee Valley Agency, which aimed to bring electrical power to the dirt poor parts of Tennessee that had no electrical power by building dams 
and upgrading that whole corner of the country. We had the Works Progress Administration that uh, I don't know the website. There's a great website that's being put together by this uh, special group at the University of California at Berkeley um, that identifies everything that was built during the Works Progress Administration around the country. And it's all based on Google Maps. Oh, cool. And it's divided up by whether it's schools or roadways or dams or sewage plants or parks. Um, so I think if you Google WPA and uh, University of California, uh, one, of the, one of the people leading the effort is Gray Brecken, G-R, I think it's G-R-A-Y, B-R-E-C-H-I-N, I'm not certain, uh, and uh, get ready for a giggle, kids. Dick Walker. <laughs> Who does that to their kid? <laughs> Who does <that>? John's in a good mood today. <laughs> this is gonna I'm going for I think I've already got a personal best on busting you up. <laughs> Why? Why would you name your kid that? Richard Walker. Um, the dean of the College of Environmental Design, when I was attending school, his name was Richard Bender. <laughs> Although he did go by Dick, Dick Bender. <laughs> uh, it's all know, true. Look it up. Sometimes you can't write it any funnier. Uh, well, we, we'll make sure to put the link for that. Yes. That, uh, so you can look around and see what was what was accomplished. Uh, a Golden Gate Bridge was uh, beginning construction in 1933. Yes, it was not. It was it was a private project. The Bay Bridge, which was also under construction, it was more of a works progress administration project. Uh, uh, Coit Tower, the zoo, oh, yeah. uh, a lot of zoos. I think they must have had a lot of wild animals that needed caging up or something. Oh, otherwise the dinosaurs would have eaten them. The, di- the dinosaurs were on the ark. Ar- they got sunk. I looked for that. Couldn't find it. Well, another great idea is when people have no money, why don't you let them buy beer? Right. <laughs> the, take the money that they don't have to buy beer. The uh, the thing that was ha- – so part of this is that it it's the end. It's kind of a perfect storm that got us, got us here. Um, the The – Federal income tax that got made during um, the the teens, uh, I think it was 1912. What? You don't like it? It's got a kick. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> during, I think it was 1912 when that, when that uh, came on, came online, uh, collected so much money from, for the federal government that it allowed the um, money that was being brought in from taxation of alcohol uh, to cease. They, they were like, well, we don't need this now. Right. Uh, and that allowed the experiment to happen. And you have to remember that up until up until Prohibition, um, there was a very huge movement to stop the sale of alcohol within the country. And it started in Kansas, and it went state by state by state by state until there were 18 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was almost as if the lobby group understood that in order for this to work, that they had to go do a whole bunch of campaigning. And one of those campaigns was to teach school children 
Uh, and it turned out that there was 23 kids, 23 kids, 23 million kids exposed to the, um, the message that alcohol was bad. Your daddy is Satan if he has a beer. Exactly. Something like that. So, uh, but it go, but it goes state by state. I mean, it, it really is the forces at work that understand that it's a geographic a geographic problem, and that you don't have mass communications, so you have to go and work on these things for a year at a time. Well, it was a well organized effort cited as one of the first really good examples of grassroots organizing in a really well thought out political campaign to affect uh, change. Yeah, effect change. Well, and then part of it is is that. Um, the the industrial revolution has happened and that workers or excuse me owners of these businesses really need their employees to be sharp because it's a pain fishing charred bones out of the gigantic uh, coke pot in your steel company yeah or uh out of the out of the uh I don't know, whatever spinning machine you have going. Out of the tire pressing machine at your <laughs> exactly. tire plant in Akron. It doesn't work. I mean, you know, you can have a bunch of field workers that are marginally uh, off their rocker, uh, but it's a whole other thing when you're operating machinery. It doesn't work. Well, it was said that uh, the German factory worker in the late 1800s got some tremendous percentage of his nutrition from beer. Yeah. But that was, you know, healthy German beer. Well, and the thing is that part of it is is that uh, the small. It probably would have a small beer. It probably wasn't a. It probably right. wasn't a high alcohol beer. Um, not like certainly not like the uh, the Bender IPAs <laughs> or uh, Cumberland Pale Ale. Yeah, I thought you said this was a four percent beer. It says it's a four percent beer. If you look at the bottom of keep going, keep going, keep going of all that text, there it is. Four point six. It doesn't taste at all. No, it tastes at all like four point six. No, it tastes like a big fat hoppy beer. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, it says that uh, early Cincinnati brewers shipping their beers into Tennessee would generously hop their beer to prevent spoilage during the long. Voyage around the hook of a Africa. trip over the Cumberland Trail. This classic interpretation of the American ale, uh, American pale ale, features a solid foundation of pale malt with a fresh Cascade hops. Here's to getting where you're going. And it has a barrel that's uh, going from dark to light, and it's mostly on the light side. Did you pass me the beer again? Yes. What? It's a long reach across this table here. At yeah, usually we have more people. It could be that during fermentation, or during, we're getting more fusel alcohol than other alcohols, so it's tasting more like alcohol. That's possible. I don't know. We'll have to, you know what? Here's, I'm, glad, here, I'm glad that I wasn't in Kentucky at the time. Here's my here's my thing. I'll call them up and say, "Hey, tell me about this beer." Excellent, excellent. We could do it now, but I don't want to hook up the phone patch. <laughs> and they'd be watching a football game anyway. Yeah, like that guy. What's his name? I don't know. I don't talk to people. That was weird, dude. Niners. Nine. Yeah. Oh, Buffalo. Man, did you see last week's game? No. no. Why would I watch a Buffalo game last week? <laughs> Although the Raiders beat the uh, Broncos last week, I think it was. Ha ha. 
one of the three games that they won. Ha ha. Uh, they didn't. Denver didn't need to win that game. <laughs> Serious, they didn't need to. Uh, well, what else do we know about this? Uh, well, anyway, it's so the the temperance movement. The temperance movement got finally got their way, and it was uh, prohibition was enacted. Um, along the way, they had no idea what what wrath they were going to uh, to unleash. You create a vacuum, and something goes into the vacuum. It rushes in, and so prohibition created something that was largely unexpected which was and everybody thought you know the temperance people bless their sober irishmen bless their hearts (laughs) they had great intentions but it didn't work because of a couple of things one was is that you can't take something away from people that is your life that is part of your lifestyle right it doesn't work you'd be like we're gonna see the same ish thing happen on, on february 19th 2009 when the when analog tv goes away Oh my gosh! What hell hath? What hell uh, is about to be unleashed? Expect when- phone calls from your mothers going. Why doesn't my TV work anymore? My TV doesn't work anymore. What happened? The penguin on the telly is broken. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so they're going to be riots in the streets, and gangsters are going to be selling us TV. Evidently, no. Well, the thing is, is that the the TV threat isn't as big as everybody thinks. I mean, partly is, but well, somebody already came around and replaced my mom's cable box, and she tried to explain what it was. I said, "That's so your TV will work when they change it over, and you don't need to but know." But if why, you had a mom. cable box, then you already have probably already have digital TV, and even if it's an analog cable box, that's not going away. Oh, okay. It's only over-the-air stuff. Anyway, same thing. I was using that as a poor example of taking people's lifestyles away. Anyway, what got what put what was put in place was even worse. It was uh, it was gangsters. Gangsters. How would we have gangster movies if it wasn't for prohibition? Exactly. We have gangster movies, not gangsta movies, but gangster difference. Um. Uh, San Francisco is a great example of play, of hotels and locations and things uh, uh, speakeasies existed. San Francisco is a great example of a place that said, oh yeah, Prohibition, we've heard about that. You <laughs> want a drink? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it was lar- it was it, all these places that had to be underground, right? Right. They, they couldn't. They couldn't. And the cops knew about them. The people knew about them. And like everybody knew where their speakeasy was. And yeah, there was lip service to the bust, but they always knew when it was in advance and the whole the whole thing. Right. Um, and uh, you know, it was largely the West Coast was like that. They're like, well, they left all the Amstel light on the bar and then hit the hit the anchor. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but, oh, no, don't take our still light. <laughs> but the rum runners wouldn't have even come here if there wasn't a, a reason to, if there wasn't a product to sell. Right. So. Well, did uh, we get that much rum here? Cause to, yeah. It was always in, it was in San Diego or it was in uh, Washington. Yeah. Because I would say here it's it's more beer and wine and than probably brandy. Yeah. She's a fine girl. That's funny. <laughs> Who sang that? I don't know. I listened to too much ten at ten. I gotta remember that now. All right, somebody's gonna somebody's already typing it in. Brandy. Going, <laughs> yeah, just remember, Brandy, you're a fine girl. Yes. What a good wife you will be. 
Oh my gosh! Nuts. Whenever I see a hot chick, I don't associate fine wife with that. I don't know why. <laughs> no, but it's a '70s song. The end of you know, like 1970. 1979. Yeah, ten at ten. <laughs> you know, you've been. You know that you've been working too long when you hear ten at ten. Twice. At ten and ten. That's. It's true. Uh, truer words were never spoken, John Foster. So Great Depression. They uh, they're gangsters everywhere in the the country's economy is in the uh, the crapper is in the honey wagon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. Can you do something about this? I'm not dead. I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> That's what the economy was like. <laughs> uh, notice all those U-hauls we see around today. Oh my gosh, there was U-hauls everywhere. Oh, it's the end of the month. Right, November the November the thirtieth. Uh, November, November the thirtieth. Three mm. days till Fast Pass Day. The only time that it pays to be late. True. But you still end up giving them forty five bucks. So how does that pay? You're just you're just justifying it for no reason. My problem is if you buy them early, they don't accept them early. Yeah, they accept the old one late, but they don't accept the new one early. A day early, right? Three days early. Right, right. You should be able to buy the December and November and use it on the twenty seventh. Yes, but see, then you'd be getting total extra days. You'd get six on the on the. See, that doesn't work either, right? It's yeah. it's this it's this. You're fake, right, John. It's this fake false this fake false early late thing, right? But what you're saying is is very correct. It should they should accept them on both sides because it doesn't pay to be early, right? Right. If you're the unless you're yeah. If you're the early bird, you get the worm, right? But if you're, wait, if you're, how does that? No, the I was early bird to, gets the worm. I know the that, late but bird I, the late bird, bird gets no worm, right? No, but see if the late the late bird still gets a worm, right? That's what you were saying. But if you're the early worm, you if you're the early worm, you you don't get eaten. That's what it is. If thank you, thank you, Carl. If you're the early worm, <laughs> you don't get eaten. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> Early worms. Don't get eaten. Early worms. So repeal came around. Well, 19th prohibition. Can you so the the biggest the biggest issue with this is that during the during the time of prohibition, no taxes are being collected. Cop, cops are having to work overtime. We had to build Alcatraz. We had to build Alcatraz. Um, just to just to point out how much money was being put into the system uh illegal well through illegal means according to this period of time al capone had revenues of 60 million dollars that's back when 60 million meant something that's right and that's probably not that's what they could find that's not what that's not the uh the through the uh the triple cooked books you know that's that's what was there to that they said oh you owe this much money because you didn't pay your taxes on 60 million dollars which it probably at the time would have been what fifty five million dollars in taxes because he wouldn't have had any he wouldn't have had any uh, legitimate assets or legitimate deductions or legitimate. Well, before we get into our April fifteenth show, um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, if you have receipts for if you just had sixty million dollars sitting around, yeah, you know what are his expenses? Did he keep receipts on all those? No. That's the, see that's the problem with triple cooked books. Oh, anyway, and so they're really soggy. 
but that's but that's the guy who gets who's the target. You know, there's lots of miniature Al Capones right running around all over the country, and so it significantly adds up. Right. Um, well, hence the hence the uh, the arguments for uh, lifting the prohibition on marijuana. Yeah. Right. There's the idea of raising taxes on beer and wine and alcohol sales to fund the difference of money that the that the California state of California needs. Um, <laughs> they don't have to raise that tax. Right. They could just legalize other things and and tax that, and you'll you'll see. Uh, probably a greater windfall because of the amount that they're going that they would set the tax for right um and once again you know it's it instead of instead of uh being a burden on the system because of a uh, uh, because of essentially what is a blue law um you know you're not you're not it's no longer a misdemeanor or a felony or a, you know the other things that go with that. Plus, how many really? I mean, in terms of a public nuisance or a danger to somebody else, how many potheads have you ever met that are actually a danger to somebody else? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Only one. Stone people are easy. <laughs> hey, man, you got a pizza in there? Yeah. <laughs> like. Evidently, uh, Cheech and Chong were in town. Speaking of pie, I heard that, and uh, they did not do. They did all their most famous things, with the exception of Dave's not here. They did Sister Mary, Mary Elephant. Class, class, <laughs> Sister. Mary. Shut up! Ooh, that's gonna be. That's gonna be peaked. That's Sister Mary Elephant. That's Sister Mary Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was going, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Yeah. Is he going to do it? Mexican American. All right. Uh, go to night school. Listener mail. <laughs> listener mail? Yeah. He's been writing to us. This is really great. Hey, John, Motor, the kid. <laughs> that means he listens to the whole entire show. And whoever, hel- uh, whoever else happens to be in the room this fine day, which he wrote on today. In fact, uh, tonight I finally caved while enjoying pizza at Old Chicago and my first beer ever. Wow. Enjoying the Old Chicago World Beer Tour. My first beer was one that my friend suggested to me. It was Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat. That's a good beer. Ooh. Boulevard from Kansas City. True. Who is always at OBF? Very nice. Uh, it was more bitter than I had expected, but good nonetheless. For my second beer, they suggested Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Hmm. That's an interesting second choice. Uh, I was wondering if you have what would you would have suggested for my first beer, and what would you have suggested for my second? Well, do we have a menu to choose from? Where are you? If it's Old Chicago, Old Chicago, I believe, is a multi-outlet organization. It is. Uh, so if we had a different d- device, we could probably look up the old Chicago beer list. We have uh, Sierra Nevada. Of, yeah, Sierra would be... Or if you're in the Midwest, maybe Goose Island. One of the New Belgiums that's not Fat Tire. True. Um, what about a Shinerbach? 
Oh yeah, or like the Black Shiner. That's, yes, that's that's, uh, that's quite good. Um, let's see. Well, also there's st- uh, stuff from from Boulevard. Uh, the Pale's very good. They have an IPA that's very good. Um, and it doesn't say where he is. Uh, just that he was at Old Chicago, so hmm, that's somewhere in the Midwest. And if they have, if they have Boulevard, that's that's somewhere in the Midwest too. That's somewhere in the Midwest too, huh? Um, it's interesting. Chicago is in the Midwest. I don't really consider because Chicago that landed there before, and you know, you kind of don't consider Chicago the Midwest. I mean, it's like the east of the Midwest, like the beginning of the Midwest. I kind of consider everything to the right of their East Coast, although that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> He's looking up the beer menu from Old Chicago on his uh, on his iPhone iPhoneless phone. This thing is just ooh, World Beer Tour. Everybody should have two of these at least. Why? Because they're great. Oh. You know the eight the eight gig one is uh, not that much money. It's like what ninety nine? Like, yeah, it's like a hundred, hundred, two hundred bucks. I'm still figuring this out. He's still looking. Oh wait, stop! Oh, oh. Well, I guess the question is is but also because I'm not zooming in. So I'm, do you like sweet things or uh, not sweet things? Okay, okay. I don't know if this is all old Chicago's. But I'm guessing it is because it's just oldchicagopizza.com. Not all beers available at all locations. Okay, there's the first disclaimer. Anchor Steam. Oh, that's yeah. Uh, Bass Beck's. Not Bass. Black and Tan Boddington's Bud Bud Light. Chimay uh, Premier Rouge. Ooh, that could be a great fifth beer. Ooh, different flavors of Coors. Now this this interests me. Huh. We have Coors Original Lager. Now, does that mean, is that Coors Banquet beer? I don't think so. No. Coors Light Lager. Well, may, no, maybe if they're going, no, Coors Original Lager and Coors Light Lager, I think, are both the regular Coors, just because the way they're, um, Corona, Corona Lager, Dos Equis, Foster's, oh, I get Rolsch, it. Guinness, Harp, Heineken, Schmirnoff, uh, Woodchuck well, Cider. Why is Schmirnoff in that Dundee, beer? Dundee. Honey Brown Lager, Killian's Red, Kieran Ichiban, Labatt Blue, Lindemann's Frambois, Lindemann's Creek, Miller, or MGD, Miller Light, Molson, Moosehead, Negro Modelo, yeah, Negro Modelo, there it is, uh, Fat Tire, Newcastle Brown, St. Pauli Alcohol Free, Pacifico, Polliner Hefeweizen, uh, Peroni, Pete's, we said hi to Pete today. Hey, yeah, we did see Pete. Had some of his chocolate, homemade. Pilsner Quill, Red Stripe, Red Hook, Rolling Rock. F Rolling Rock. Those are my words. Um, Sam Adams. Pilsner Urquell, or however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, Pilsner Urquell. Or, Urquell. 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 It's made by that little black kid. Um, it's, uh, Sam Adams, Boston Lagers. Uh, Samuel Smith, Nut Brown. Samuel Smith, Oatmeal, Sapporo, Sierra Nevada. Uh, St. Pauli, Takati. Sintau, Vorschiner, uh, Amstel Light, Still Artois, Lohenbrau, Mike's Hard Lemonade, Boulder, Boulder Pastime, Boulder Pastime Pale Ale, Boulder Planet Porter, Boulder Sundance Amber, Boulder Hazed and Fused Dry Hopped, uh, Blue Moon, Eclipse, which is a Guinness and Blue Moon, 
PBR. Uh, ooh, different cans. An assortment of different cans that changes. Interesting. Uh, try the hams of the Oli. Same Adam Light. Make a love ultra amber light. And then some specialties and some mixes. Carlsberg, Moretti, O'Doul's. I thought this was alphabetical. It just keeps going. La, 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 la. I'll look to see if there's anything else. And Oh, Modelo. Is, uh, Modelo. Modelo. So I'd say uh, wow. the Boulder uh, Infused IPA, Modelo, Negro Modelo, Sierra and Anchor. Oh, and uh, the Pilsner. Pilsner. Pil- oh, and Lindemann's Frambois. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, have that as your last beer. Because it won't go well, well with the pizza. Oh yeah. But or have or sneak a brownie in and eat the brownie while sneak you... a brownie in. <laughs> well, I don't one know that they brownies? had. I had one of those brownies once in a place where <laughs> I later had prime rib. Interesting. Well, uh, there you go. So uh, Mike Tiny Kent's. Why he must be a big guy. They call everybody him named yeah. Everybody named Tiny is monstrous, except your name is Motor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. John Tiny Foster. All right, then he says at the end, is like, keep on rocking the podcast and take it to the man. I don't know what that means. Take what to the man? Beer? There's no period at the end of that sentence. Mm-hmm. Speaking of decimalists. Stick it to the man. Take it to the man, he says. Take the beer to the man. All right. I'm opening the next one. Okay. I'm Do that. I have to sing my song again? No. We already Get sang. Tired of back that. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, keep enjoying beer, Mike, and uh, we'll uh, read some more mail as we get it. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Morgenthaler. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Because I could have said Morgant Haler. Like I butcher words once in a while, but no, it's Morgan Thaler. <laughs> when you were trying to read the URL. Yeah. That was Mor- a good show. Morgan Haler. <laughs> anyway, he's uh, he's proposing a very interesting uh, idea, and that is, is that December the 5th should become a, a holiday, much the same way that St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo, and uh, other holidays. Do we celebrate Dead President's Day with beer? I mean, we celebrate every holiday with beer, John. We do. Fourth uh, of July. Anyway, he's saying that uh, that should that uh, repeal day should be December the fifth, and that we have to. Uh, uh, well, have to. We don't have to, but we should recognize it as a as a holiday, much the same way that St. Patrick's Day and Cinco de Mayo is celebrated. Um, and his reasons are kind of interesting. One of them is is that we have a constitutional right to do so. Okay. First Amendment. I'm not totally sold on this one. Really? How come? Well, just because I don't think we need more drinking holidays like Cinco de Mayo and St. Patrick's Day. It's funny that it's the 5th, though. <laughs> Much the same way that Cinco de Mayo is. So what's December? Uh, so it'd be Cinco de... What is December. Uh, in Germany, Cinco I'd- de December. Get it? <laughs> I see your writers back from vacation. Cinco de December. <laughs> I think you're on medication, John. <laughs> I crack myself. Cinco December. 
But you heard it. I wrote that just now. <laughs> uh, Bob Lob Law. <laughs> he has a Lob um, Log. <laughs> it's, and his next reason is it's at the right time. At yeah, right because time. we don't have a holiday for like a week before. Yeah, or a week, you know, two weeks after. So it's smack in the middle of two big, you know, there's tea day which uh you know involves drinking it's the day before it's the day before saint nicholas day and if we just celebrated our correct druid northern european holidays then we wouldn't have to celebrate uh cinco december (laughs) (laughs) Uh, repeal day doesn't exclude Exclude i don't know what exclude what um because the mexicans are more than happy to have us celebrate De Mayo. Celebrate the right of Paul Revere in Mexico. Yeah. Or whatever it technically is. Uh, well, so he goes on to say, are you an American or are you located in the United States? Well, there's a really big difference between that. <laughs> I don't like this guy's idea, I've decided. You don't like this guy's idea? No, I don't like this guy's being idea. Being French on Cinco de Mayo is about... As cool as being British on Fourth of July. So okay, so what's this guy's name? His name Morgan is Morgan Thaler. Yeah, Mor- that sounds really Hispanic. <laughs> it's like being named Morgan Thaler on Cinco de Mayo. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think this guy's an angry frat boy. Okay, and having have, having good friends and enjoyed times in a fraternity, I'm not using that as a uh, as a a slur or any way disrespecting fraternal or uh, all inclusive panhellenic. Uh, organizations. What I'm saying is, this guy is a bad example for beer drinkers. Okay, because what if you're French on Cinco de Mayo? Well, I don't think. No, I'm. I'm. I was just using the example of no. It's, a, it's the, an the, interesting the, the, thing. The, the, the people from from the mission who right. don't speak a word of English are more than happy to have <laughs> me celebrating their holiday with them. Right, there's no exclusion. It's not even really, their holiday. No, <laughs> it's made up. <laughs> well, no, it's it's almost the same thing as Repeal Day. Right, there's more people that celebrate Cinco de Mayo in the United States who were not Mexican origin, right? Who don't even know what the origin of it is. They're like, oh, margarita. Like, yeah, right. <sighs> anyway. Uh, Maybe I'm just getting old. Number four, it's easy. Well, yeah. Fifth of, you know, Cinco de December. Cinco de December. I like that. No outfits to buy, costumes to rent, rivers to dye green. Simply celebrate the day by stopping by your local bar, tavern, saloon, winery, distillery, or brew house and having a drink. Pick up, your, pick up a six-pack on your way to work. Oh, no, home from work. I'm saying way to work. You might have me there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, split a bottle of wine with a loved one. Um, I was just trying to figure out what that meant. What about and, uh, inventing a holiday called Constitutional Freedom Day and celebrating it on December yeah. 5th? I think it should be uh, Amendment Day, where we celebrate 21st all... first Amendment Day. Well, no, we, we, no. Cinco December should be all about all the amendments, including the ones we've lost. <laughs> like the 18th. <laughs> and the 5th. <laughs> like the 18th. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you I, celebrating? Uh, the <laughs> You know, next year we're going to have three constitutional law scholars on this show. 
cool. Well, Mr. Foster, you don't understand. If you look at the uh, the case of Beggins versus Bildo, you will find out very simply that ex habeas corpus was not an in, in institutionalized in the state of Louisiana at the time of the decision. So, therefore, I see your point. Mr. Baggins, wait, Mr. Baggins, Mr. Bob blah blah. I see your point, Mr. Bob blah blah. However, you must, <laughs> you must understand that the framers had this in mind when they were making this constitutional. Was it really their intent, or was it their words? What are we looking at? Well, we have to remember. We have to go back to the intent, which was that all men are created equal, and men has a different meaning than now. Now, men means everyone, including chicks. <laughs> yes, including chicks. <laughs> uh all right well anyway uh repeal day interesting idea i think it should be called i don't want another day when i don't want to go out to the bars cinco december cinco december i like that though okay that's what repeal day is going to be called cinco december cinco december uh anyway well anyway link to that goes on there there's a lot of comments about that on his uh Blah blog, blah blog, blah blog. Bob, blah blahs, blah blog. You know, but his he's got a blah blog. <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey Morgenstein, uh, Morgan Morgan Haler, Morgan Haler. Yeah, or if Morgenth Ayler, that's Morgan. probably Morgenth Ayler. He's got a, a great name. A, He's got a great name to to but to uh, change around. I was going to say butcher, but to change around. I have the uh, Wikipedia entry on the Twenty First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Is it located at Five Sixty Three Second Street in San Francisco? No, it's located at nwikipedia.org slash wiki slash Twenty First Amendment to the United States Constitution, all in underlines. Thank you. HTTP. Whoever thought the HTTP was not thinking, that should just go away. So what do we know about the 21st Amendment? It just says we're going to repeal all this other stuff. Well, it's a really inter- it's a really simple thing. Uh, it's three sections. The 18th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States is hereby repealed. Hence... Hence, Section 2, the transportation or importation into any state, territory, or possession of the United States for delivery or use therein of intoxicating liquors in violation of the laws thereof is hereby prohibited. Prohibited. Why does John's that read? Make, John's making his thinking. Why does that read like, like it's not right? What's the third part? This article shall be inoperative unless it, it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the conventions in several states, as provided in the Constitution, within seven years from the date of its submission hereof to the states by the Congress. So it took, what does it take, 37? Yep. One, two. I'm not counting. Three, They're already four, numbered. There's five. 36 that need to be, that need to. Who was number one? First one was, I ran, not, uh, not. I ran. 
No. Uh, is uh, Michigan. Michigan. Next door neighbor to Ohio. Ohio. Name 10 American rivers. Mississippi, Missouri, uh, Colorado, Colorado uh, the Virginia. <laughs> That's the one we didn't get. Allegheny. Allegheny. We missed Allegheny. We got all the other rivers. We got 9 of 10. We missed Allegheny. It's called a West Coast bias. I got the middle ones first. You did. You were just naming states. I said rivers, John. I said rivers. Mississippi, Missouri. Ohio, Colorado. (laughs) That's what you said, John. Those are states. (laughs) They're rivers. And then you said the Virginia one. (laughs) Don't worry. That's how I did it. But I threw in snake because I remember Evil Knievel. (laughs) Who who wasn't glued to their TV when the rocket was going to go jumping over the Snake River Canyon? And how disappointed were we that it wasn't a motorcycle? No. You know? It's like, hey, Evil Knievel's going to jump the Snake River on a rocket. That's not a motorcycle. He died, you know. Just a couple of weeks ago. Right? Yeah. I'm looking to see if Kansas even signed the thing. Being the first of the uh, prohibitionist states. Nope. North Carolina voters rejected a constitution a convention to consider the amendment on November seventh, nineteen thirty three. The following states have not ratified the amendment. Nebraska, Kansas, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Louisiana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and no surprise, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Home of the mint julep. That's a fine drink, John Foster. It is. Uh, huh. I wonder if that's still true. So then alcohol came back. The alcohol came back. Taxes came back. Taxes came back. 18% was collected uh, soon after. Okay. Revenues of, to, of the United States. or 18% of the revenues 18 of the United States of, were from alcohol were, taxation. Yep. Crazy. That's not that way anymore. I don't know. What would Jay Brooks say about that? I don't know. You know what? I was gonna. I just. I just said something that I actually don't know what the percentage is. I'm sure it's significant. It probably is, uh, and it's largely hidden from. Well, the, no, I okay, no, no. Let's, it's, let's, it's, let's, but, no, but but look, it's largely hidden, right? Right. Because it's built into the cost uh, of the of the beverage, and it's not paid for at the at the point of consumption. It's paid for by the people that are brewing right. and making. Well, you look at the way that different industries are taxed, and I would say that they're, by dollar value, a lot of industries that are larger than alcohol, but there's not a direct tax on that one uh, good which they are manufacturing. I wonder if I can find this. No, I'm not going to go look. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do this research because I think it's interesting. But I'm going to. Other just, parts of well. By saying that it's not 18% anymore, that would then open the door for people to argue, well, it used to be a lot more than it is now. Right. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is that because it's invisible, because I don't know what it is right off the top of my head, uh, I'm kind of concerned about that. (laughs) You look concerned. I want to know. 
No, and this is the this is the point that Jay Brooks was bringing up in his article of November the eighteenth, two thousand eight, called "Who Watches the Watchers," and the I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna read the article. I mean, I've read the article. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read read the article because I think it's a Jay should be here, right? Um, but uh, the point of this is of his article is is that is that um. To add an excise tax to something that's already heavily taxed is counterproductive to the industry, right? Because what happens is that let's say that it's let's say that it's a buck a six pack that's okay. added on, right? So it's uh, anchor goes from eight ninety nine to nine ninety nine, ten bucks. Okay, so it's largely invisible to the consumer. Well, it also depends at what point in the process the tax is added. But let's say because the, if you take something, you automati- automatically mark everything up in your store thirty percent. Right. If the tax is added before you mark it up, you're then also marking up the tax thirty percent. Right. So if Anchor was paying oh, I see. fifty cents a six pack, you're then paying uh, sixty five cents a six pack after the after the fifteen percent markup comp. Sure. Whatever. My right. But is. let's say that the tax was a markup. Right, the tax was collected at 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 retail, so that the beer looks like it's ten dollars. So that the beer out the door is ten dollars. Are people going to stand for a tax that they're that they're paying? Well, it's easier. And and, and the thing is, is that if the tax is collected at retail, people know they're paying the tax. But if the tax is added at uh, at wholesale. You know, or from at the point of production, at the point of production, then it's largely invisible. It raises the, it raises, as you said, it raises the price. If it's two fifty to produce, now it's three fifty. The cost to the consumer is is not a dollar more. It's a the dollar. tax will be marked up as the product passes yeah. uh, each level of distribution from the producer through the wholesaler to the retailer. Right, and that's the thing that you're saying. Not fair. I'm not saying not fair. I'm saying well, if I, I would put a big, I'd put a big thing on the side of my six pack saying our taxes went up this much. But I think it makes sense to collect it at that level because you don't want you, you don't want to have to uh, reconcile a gro- a corner groceries or Safeways receipt saying, okay, if it's a six pack of beer, are you collecting this amount? If it's a bottle of beer, are you collecting this amount? I think it makes sense to collect it by volume at the point of production. Oh, I, no, no, I'm not but saying that. It, I'm not saying educate, that it, you have to educate people that this is this is this percentage of taxes to get paid before it even goes to sale to you. Right. Um, it's like gas. I mean, I don't know if it's every gas pump. Every gas. But pump. A lot of gas pumps say. Here's the federal tax and here's the state tax on this gallon of gas. Yeah, yeah no, it's on the it's on the uh, it's, it has to be on the pump. Yeah, it's illegal to not have it on the pump. Ooh, and that's and that's a. Crop. So if you ever gotten a big fight with a guy who owns a gas station, you just go by at night and scrape those stickers off and then call the cops. Yeah, call the tax cops. They show up in their nineteen. 19- 32 Ford with wagon. With Tommy guns. And they pop out the back doors really fast, just like in Roger Rabbit. Where's your stickers? They need to do, they need to do a, a, a second Roger Rabbit, but all about prohibition. They're never going to make another one of those movies. <laughs> have we had that conversation we on have. the show yet? That's one of the most amazing movies ever made. Yeah. It's in our uh, 
It's in our store. It's in our store. I'm serious, we have a store. <laughs> it's not all the way populated yet, but it's uh, it's a uh, it's a beer school store. So that everything that we ever mentioned that it's possibly for sale will be found foundable. Will be findable. Found. You'll be able to locate it at our store. We <laughs> locate it at our store. So speaking of <laughs> the ladies like me because I'm a cunning linguist. <laughs> I can really twist and tie a tail. Cinco December. Cinco December, John. <laughs> uh, are you going to have Cinco December shirts for sale? I have to now. <laughs> Cinco December. You know when I see you tomorrow? I'm going to wear a Cinco December. I'm going to say Cinco December. Well, that's, well, that's, that's Friday for the, uh, for the march. Oh, this is cool. I forgot to, the March. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is the 5th. Yeah, it's on Cinco December, a.k.a. repeal day. So uh, it's the the March starts at 5 o'clock in Justin Herman Plaza. Isn't it 4? I'm sorry. The March, the March, the March starts at 5. Could be 4. Let me check. I'm going to have to type all of 21st Amendment into this. You don't time. have it as a bookmark? No, why would I bookmark? In here? 21st dash amendment so you could go and see it in sf gate which is much shorter but they uh the gate printed the press release verbatim way to go uh chronicle writer dude not typing in 21st dash amendment.com to see in your city what the restaurant might be doing Go about speaking. Why. All right. Well, anyway, so this parade's going to go from Justin Herman Plaza uh, on a route to be determined, uh, and ends up at the Twenty First Amendment Brewery and Restaurant at Five Sixty Three Second Street. Um, I'm just saying, if that route goes past Gordon Beer, I'm going in for a beer and trying to bring the entire parade in with me. I'm sure it's gonna. I'm sure that that uh, that uh, parade goes along uh, a lot of different places. Because they threatened that they were going to, uh, A, dress up, B, uh, stop at places. Although they better have those places ready to go. Did he put this in as a JPEG? He put it in as a JPEG? I think he put it in as a JPEG. But uh, from 4 to 5 p.m., be a part of We Want Beer March from Dustin Herman Plaza through downtown to the 21st Amendment with uh, music and a coterie of, that's a French uh, word that I can't pronounce. Yeah, it starts at four. Justin Herman Plaza, that would be at number one Market Street or number zero Market Street. Huh. So here's there, here's some numbers. So uh, California's uh, California's cost of uh, our uh, yeah. California's See, economy. JPEG. 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 <laughs> California's uh, economy is $1.6 trillion. Of that... That's why we could easily afford that $9.95 billion that we spent for high-speed rail. That's cheap. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, um, the beer industry... 
uh, in California contributes 24. Why is this such a big number? Looks like 24 billion, but it doesn't look right. Yeah, it's 24.6 billion. If you took every single thing that you could possibly connect to the beer industry, I could believe that. Yeah. Employees of beer businesses pay annually over $3 billion in federal taxes, state and local. But I, I would think in that calculation you're double counting a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. And then uh, $240 million in consumption taxes. All right, well, it's going to take me a little bit more uh, long to understand that. But um, that doesn't matter. We're not about understanding. We're about drinking beer. Exactly. So, oh, speaking of beer, the beer that we're drinking <laughs> is um, from the same brewery in where was this? In uh, Barrel House Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, which was established in 1995 over a historic over the over the Rhine neighborhood. Over the Rhine. Must be a river. Yes, or above. Above, right. Because sometimes in, uh, not an exact translation from German, uh, it could also be uh, above. Right. So this is a double dark IPA, uh, and it's got the quotes, corrupt and content. Corrupt with malts. Corrupt with malts. And uh, it's called Boss Cox. <laughs> Speaking of guys named Richard. You know, you would be a really sick parent if you na- if your last name was Cox and you named your kid Richard. <laughs> Nicknamed him something else. Uh, huh. So, in the early 20th century, Cincinnati was presided over by the strong-arm political power broker George, quotes, Boss Cox, holding court over an over-the-rhine saloon. Boss Cox's authoritative grip on the city's activities could often be relaxed with a smoked sausage and a hearty brew. Our double dark IPA infuses a bold malt character with copious amounts of American and European hop bitterness. The Boss features four separate hop additions, including an aromatic dry hop, completing this liquid portrayal of an infamous Cincinnati icon. Consider yourself warned, there's a new boss in town. You know, I heard something about that saloon. People like to sing there. So at Boss Cox Saloon, they had a huge organ. <laughs> was it huge a, organ everybody could play with it was it a was it a pump organ sometimes <laughs> did it have to be lubricated to play <sighs> clean a show on the internet <laughs> I'm going to go diddle around on the organ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, John. 
I'm trying to write another joke about yep. the organ. Go for it. Can't. Organ jokes. Organ yeah. jokes. All right. Your homework is to send us organ jokes. You know what my uh, – you know, people should already be starting on their uh, resolutions for 2009. Oh, yeah. What's yours? Um, I'm going to be very, very, very careful when I pronounce the word duty. <laughs> duty. <laughs> uh, duty. So this beer is like is like eight and a half percent. Eight point six certainly is. <sighs> it's a uh, IPA like. It's more red than uh, than uh, dark. It's it's malty. Yeah. Well, it's it's it's. It's a big double IPA, but it's not a West Coast IPA. Nope. Uh, I found Boss uh, Cox's organ. You did? That's a huge organ. <laughs> yeah. That probably didn't come out that well. I don't have Motor, put your toys down. <clears throat> Stop touching your toys during the show. I don't have an organ. <laughs> Not one that I play with anyway. Really? I even have this. <whistles> I was wondering when that was going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that it stays right here in its holder on the um, Well, that's on where my, on my mic. That's where it goes. That's its that's its home. Um, okay, well, if you want to... Speaking of home. Speaking of home. Uh, more about hey, prohibition. print on an envelope? You know, <laughs> I have words about this, and I'm really unhappy. I'm going to have to buy a, a crappy $50 printer with an Ethernet connector on the back so that this printer doesn't get used for this purpose. <laughs> oh, there is words to be had. Words. It's the are. most expensive printer, and guess who's using it to print envelopes? That's how offices work, John. Even the colored Dell printer is cheaper than uh, cheaper that's, to run than this printer. That's how offices work. Why doesn't Epson make an eleven by seventeen cheap printer anymore? Oh, the twelve. It went. It went the way of the dodo. The one that the, I have. The twelve. The twelve. Yeah, the 1280. 1280. That was a great printer. Still works. Not is not was <laughs> is. I think you can still get them. You have to order them directly from. Epson. Also, why aren't printers just that tall why can't you just pull paper why don't well, they motor, motor, so motor made a, a, a motion to show thinness <laughs> wait I thought the video was on no we don't have video she's not here did you ever post that no what I did was I made a mo- okay if you look inside a printer an inkjet printer, mm-hmm. there's a lot of empty space. Right. So why not just have something that feeds flat, and it only has to be about an inch or two tall by the size of the footprint of, a, of the printer? I think that part of the problem is that one of the... Well, the cartridge size. You have to have the, the cartridge, cartridge has to be pretty big, right? The other problem is, is that the stepper motor, one of the stepper motors, uh, is pretty large on okay. purpose. Okay, John. No, I'm just saying that's one of the that's one of the issues. Or you can you could have a, a different stepper and you could do a, a, a gear reduction. One of the, to get the precision. One of the uh, one of my favorite little devices that I ever had was my uh, 
what do they call Apple's little Apple's first ink jets? Oh yeah, the, the second version. There was about the size of half a loaf of bread. Yeah, that was a great printer. Yeah. Also, uh, one day, if you get rid of that, I want it. I know. You know how much I want that. I know. <laughs> I'm pointing at an what is it? HP? It's like forty six ninety or something like that. Yeah. It looks like a glass picture frame, but it's a scanner. Yeah. It's, it used to be the suckiest scanner on the planet. And then they fixed. Then they got the software, to work. and then they stopped selling them. Oh, do we make a product people want? We can't sell that. Oh, look, our name's on top of the arena in San Jose, so everybody can see it when they're landing in an airplane at San Jose Airport. That's way more important than making those flat scanners. Um, <laughs> there is a website that has a whole lot of history about. Uh, prohibition mm-hmm. and the repeal of and then what happened afterwards um, and that is a website called prohibitionrepeal.com Ooh. and uh, it has a I don't know it looks like a 1930s art theme going on with it they, they probably just had some picture that they scanned and with that scanner that's how those things happen these days yep Anyway, <clears throat> look at that. It's it's interesting to read. The thing that one of the things that's that goes with this is that the that the people who were the Puritans, the AK pilgrims, uh, when they fled from England to the United States, they were or excuse me, the New World. They were fleeing to set up the way that they wanted to run their country, life, right. town, community. They wanted to escape the, quote, evils that was around them. And that's one of the reasons why they they left, uh, I wouldn't say an easy life, but a, an easier life than what they, that they, than what they fled to. Uh, because there wasn't... There were already houses built where they came from. Right. Fields and crops fields of crops were working Veg- and tulips and vegetables were uh, uh, around in and tulips and there was bunnies and there were pigs and cows bugs and bunnies anyway so they run away to the new world and they've got to you know they've got to set up stuff they got to make farms they got to make towns they got to make uh houses who was the idiot who sailed us to this place where we don't have stores yeah I thought you said it was going to be better. I had no idea it was going to be this better. Better like the hand of God wants it to be better. It's pure and better. <laughs> we don't but you know what they sailed with? Beer. They did. And here's the th- this is an interesting thing. There was a bunch of ads that were on TV. They were talking about how uh, the pilgrims <clears throat> celebrated the first, quote, Thanksgiving. Uh, and one of the things that they celebrated with was beer. Well, yeah, they had kind of did uh, because that's what the what the main that's what the Indians were brewing at the time. <laughs> that's right. That's what the Indians. No, the Indians didn't have any. Can beer. we do a, a podcast for like third graders? Yes, and tell them what they don't learn in school. Well, the thing is that the that the, that the you know if you do just any tiny bit of research about the Pilgrims, you find that there's a whole bunch of untruths. The the uh, <laughs> their clothes weren't starched clean and white, right? They didn't wear those pointy hats. They didn't have the belt, big belt buckles. You know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of there's a this was a this the way that they looked was a fabrication that somebody made up to make it look like it was a I don't know Dave Hallmark, blame him <laughs> exactly. 
somebody wanted it to look like that, so that's what they made it look like. Well, also, the difference between a wild turkey and the things we get now are wildly different. Pretty different. Yep. Yeah, the turkey that we get now is fat, 22 pounds. Well, it's like Blade Runner. (laughs) I want more life. I'm sorry, you have to die at the end of November. I want more life! Then the turkey plays chess with the turkey farmer. <laughs> then he pokes the turkey farmer's eyes out. <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway, untruths about the pilgrims. And the pilgrims, as uh, one brewery was saying, that they the first thing that they built when they got to the New World, they made a beer house. First they whittled some dildos, but then they built the beer house. And what's the most important ingredient in dill bread? Dough. Dill dough. That's what I said. Dough. <laughs> dough. It's my baking joke. I can tell that one on the air. The bunny joke, the talking dog joke. The bunny and the bear and the uh, talking and the dog joke. What's the other one? Uh, my word. And I have to apologize. <laughs> I don't remember what that word is. Sorry, that guys. It was awesome. We should have wrote it down. I listened to that show finally. I have no idea what I was talking about. I got in trouble later that day. Um, Can I have some beer? Yeah. And cookie from last week. You know, there's the I swear it's an urban legend. Um, You always get a story about a school teacher who leaves his, uh, he doesn't eat all his McDonald's hamburgers. So, or, uh, Wait, they might be a sponsor someday. I should say fast food hamburgers. No, McDonald's hamburger. I won't let them sponsor the show. Leaves it in the back of his car, and a week later it looks fine, so he decides to put it in his classroom and leaves it there for a year, and nothing happens to it. Oh, there's, yeah, there's a, that, you can search for this. This cookie could be left out for a year. Motor's going to eat the cookie. The cookie is exactly the same as it was last week. And for the record, it's, um, I like them. I'm a little bit creeped out by this one, but it's your plain sort of white butter cookie. Yep. Shaped like Santa Claus with sprinkles on it. Want a bite? Nope. Tastes in flavor and consistency exactly the same as last week. And it was sitting here on the Beer School um, broadcast console for a week. Well, it was in a bag, but it was sitting here for a week. What else do I have? Next week, Butter's not on the show. He's got a, his stomach's being replaced. Nineteen thirty-three facts. What else is in the nineteen thirty-three facts that we haven't talked about? <clears throat> Loaf of bread costs seven cents. A woman's silk hose costs forty-nine cents. Wow. So what is a gallon of gas was ten cents. The last lynching in the state of California took place in 1933. Wow. In um, whatever that square is in downtown San Jose. Sugar, 49 cents for 10 pounds. Campbell's vegetable soup was 10 cents. (laughs) The thing that's interesting about that is that I bet you it was better for you back then. I wonder how much a can of tuna was. Oh, let's see. Uh, cost of gas was ten cents a gallon. Is tuna made out of gas? No. Okay. Toothpaste twenty seven cents. So here's the thing. I just brought the I bought the wrong toothpaste last week, and now I have to live with it. I I use uh, Mentadent. Yeah. 
in the pump thing, uh-huh. and you buy the you buy the refills. And I can never remember whether I want my teeth brighter or cleaner because those are your two choices for flavors. <laughs> so what did you end like, up getting? I don't remember. Well, the- I remember one of them has sparkling on the outside. Because Methodent, the one where the two streams come together, right? One's a white stream, one's a blue stream. Uh-huh. One of the blue streams is like a gel, right? The other one's a blue paste. I like the one that's the gel, and oh. I get the blue paste one. Oh, but I have to remember the the container sparklier on the outside for the blue paste. See, now you're going to buy the wrong one again. Now I'm going to be very careful next time. Okay, 1933 Chrysler, one thousand one hundred twenty five dollars. Your average wages for the year was one thousand five hundred and fifty bucks. So Me? Chrysler's are underpriced now. Yeah, I rented a I rented a car. I I got a Dodge Charger two or three weeks ago. The fit and finish of that car was abysmal. How could it be? I mean, oh, you know what? Robots aren't doing that part. Yeah, it's the part the robots don't do. We're talking Although about- I also have to, I also have to say that uh, if you thought the Cayenne was bad, take a look at Porsche's newest. Uh, they're doing a four door uh, sedan. Why? It's ghastly. Ugh. Why? Because oh, you know what? I know they've lost their minds. I know. You know Can't what? they just be content buying VW? No. Here's this is yeah. Why wouldn't they just buy VW? No, I understand why this is because the customer who who buys the guy who buys a Porsche or the woman that buys a Porsche really digs the service. The, the, and I don't know if you've ever dropped a Porsche off at a, at a service station. I have, at, my, at a, I have my manservant do that for me. I don't at the, uh, the, the Porsche store as it was, the place is beautiful. Oh, it's like, uh, the, 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 the garage where you, or not really garage, but the entry bay where you drive the car in, and it's driven in, and it's put up on a rack instantly. Yeah. You know, like, well, so what's it here for? Oh, oil change. <laughs> you know, and, and it goes up, and they do an inspection right there. You can look at your, you know, underneath of your car, and, you know, there's some guy who looks like a, a, a you know, junior corporate guy. He's wearing a tie. He's all, you know... Yeah, it's like the it's like the the guy who used to pump your gas, right? You know, all spit and polished, ready to go, and and uh, you know, it's like, well, here you go, and you walk into the the office, you sit down in a chair, you sign the little thing. They make you an espresso. They you know they give you basically whatever you want, and then uh, they're like, oh, here's the keys for your car. You know, you and you get the rental for the day. It's not really even a rental. It's just like here's your car, right? And you. You know, truck out in your Prius or the whatever thing that you're uh, that you're driving away in, and you come back and it's, you know, it's all there. You sign something. They don't even give you a paper. If your you rugs want have it. been shampooed. The whole car is is perfect, you know, just like it was when you dropped it off, and or well, more perfect because it's washed and vacuumed and the whole thing. And so the people who buy who uh, buy Porsches, you know the. The two-seaters want that same experience for every single car that they have. Yeah, everybody thought they were insane when they said, oh, we're getting in the four-wheel drive wagon market. Why would you do that? (laughs) Uh, 20 tank was before your time for the most part. 
I've been to 20 Tank, though. 20 Tank at lunch used to be where all the mechanics from the German... Oh, uh, from, the, the, from, from the Mercedes. San Francisco yeah. Mercedes. Yeah, because it's And right so the at the bar, you would have five guys all in their perfectly clean white jumpsuits <laughs> having a beer and, a, and, uh, and nachos. And nachos. <laughs> That's great. And uh, my sister was working down there at the time. Uh, she worked around that neighborhood for a long time. And uh, when 20 Tank closed... People are like, where are we going to go for lunch now? It was like the perfect lunch joint. And they're like, where do we go now? Wow. Poor 20 Tank. How do we start talking about Porsches? Um, we were talking about the – you gave the oh, 1933 the- price of a Chrysler. Right. And then I said Chryslers are underpriced. Then I complained about the fit and finish of the Charger. Right. And we started talking about the which robots. Which technically is a Dodge, but it's all the same thing. Right. And then I said, but, you know, I'm not just going to complain about American cars. I'm going to complain about what Porsche is coming out with now. Got it. Says was, the man in a yellow See, we could have gone down two different paths with that because we could have talked about the robot – the robots and how yeah the workers poor little wally yeah the workers the workers i'm not going to talk about the workers midwest dust bowl price of milk Loch Ness monster was discovered in 1933 that's pretty cool that's who ate the economy huh the story of the monster sparks media interest around the world and a number of expeditions to uncover Nessie over 75 years uh, to uncover Nessie over the 75 years have still not proved that the monster exists. Loch Ness is the, is the largest volume of fresh water in Great Britain. The body of water reaches a depth of nearly 800 feet and the loch is about 23 miles long. Huh. That's like the distance between the Richmond Bridge and the San Mateo Bridge. Oh, yeah. It is. <laughs> Original King Kong was released in 1933. Wow. How about that? Wow. Uh, it was ahead of its time using an 8-inch model for Kong. Special effects using stop-motion models and animatronics. Albert Einstein and his wife. I didn't know he was married. I thought he was only Mistress Guy. Move arrive in Princeton, New Jersey, where he will continue his scientific work at the Institute of Advanced Study. He must have been like the only guy there. <laughs> what are you studying? Uh, the speed of light. Oh, they have to build a new building for you. He's studying. He's studying magnets. He can study it. Now. <laughs> we'll put lots of mirrors in your in your. Lightroom. George Bernard Shaw. No, I'm not going to read about that guy. He became the Shaw of Iran, right? Yeah. He died. What Disney movie came out in 33? Like, uh, Snow White? Maybe. Hold on. I think I have that here. Hey, Nissan started. I have a joke about Nissan. <laughs> so, Nissan... The the Japanese guys, they uh, they go to the Germans because the Germans are the best car makers in the in the world. Speaking of Porsches, still, <clears throat> still, <laughs> and uh, they learn all this. They learn all these uh, uh, manufacturing 
tips and tricks and learn how to engineer cars and learn how to make great motors and the whole thing and they uh all the japanese go back and they start building their plants and they got the cars rolling off the line and they're ready to go and they're like oh we don't have a name so the japanese guy gets on the phone and he calls his german friend and he goes hey um, we need a name we need a name like well and the german goes how soon do you need the name he's like Japanese guys, we need it tomorrow. He goes, not soon? Uh-huh. So a snail goes to a car dealership to buy a car. And the the, car, the, car, the car dealer goes, uh, what are you looking for? And he goes, just something simple. He goes, oh, let me show you this. And he shows him a little hatchback. And the snail goes, that's, that's great. Can you do one thing, though, for me before I buy? It's like, sure. What do you need? Undercoating? You need carpets? He goes, no. Can you paint an S on the side of it? And the guy goes, that's a little bit strange. Why do you want that? Well, when I'm driving down the street, I want people to point and says, say, look at that S car go. But um bump There is no Disney movie in 1933, according to my notes. (sighs) Okay, John. Civil war in Cuba forces American businesses to close up shop. Yellow River breaches its banks in China, creating a mass starvation in 33 due to crop failure. Tornadoes strike Kentucky and Tennessee, leaving 61 dead. Unemployment, I was going to say employment, unemployment in Britain reaches 2.7 million, uh, nearly 25% of the workforce. Force. That's not good. Nope. Uh, Alcatraz becomes a federal penitentiary. I said that. I may be a squirrely rabbit, but at least I'm not going to Alcatraz. Uh, Work starts in the Golden Gate Bridge. I think we've got this pretty much covered. Oh, I have something for everybody to look up. Check this out. Wikipedia does not have an entry for the word gullible. Gullible. G-U-L-L-I-B-L-E. Um, Three Little Pigs. That was a short. Yeah, there are no... There's no Disney movies in 1933. No. We have another beer. I think we're going to save that beer. Yeah, the first two were pretty big. All right. Well, today's beers brought Snow to White came out in 1937. Oh. Hmm. Barrel House Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Ohio. We're going to call them and get the story about their beer, the Pale Ale. What is the homework? Oh, the homework is this. So, um, let's see. I'm sorry. We did that wrong. The best part about beer school is? The homework. The homework is beer. So, the homework this week is simply to participate in your local to celebrate Cinco R- December. Cinco December. John's new holiday. <laughs> and, uh have you registered that yet, John? I'm going to. Register that before you post the show. I know. Cinco December. It better not be taken. 
That's all I know. Cinco de Mayo is... Cinco de December. Cinco de December is mine. Mine, I tell you. Um, marching down the Embarcadero in church to say Cinco de December. <laughs> Holding up signs on sticks that say, celebrate Cinco de December. Uh, anyway, 5th of, uh, 5th of December is repeal day, uh, a.k.a. Cinco de December. And... Uh, you know, probably every it hasn't probably caught on yet that this is a big deal, um, because it is the seventy fifth anniversary of this. Uh, people tend to forget seventy four and seventy six and seventy eight. <laughs> uh, yes, John. You know, eighty uh, seventy one. People probably ignored that. It seems to be the big ones. The I've got another prime birthday coming up in January. Oh, cool. Oh no! I'm I'm uh, divisible by I'm nine, divisible by nine five. I'm divisible by two. This this. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. Divisible by two. Divisible by four. Divisible by eleven. Yeah. Hey, divis- anybody do the math? Figure that one out. Twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> com- and the thing that's cool is we're combining my birthday. Who can, who can guess how old John is? <laughs> we're combining my birthday and. Beer school's birthday at the same time, and we're going to rent the dirigible or the zeppelin that's floating around. We can't afford that. <laughs> Come on, it's only what four hundred fifty dollars a person for an we hour. We can do the whole. We can do the whole day for four hundred bucks. If I'm going to ride a blimp, it certainly isn't going to be a zeppelin for that much. I've money. been into blimp for nothing. Have you no charge? Yeah, uh, when I was hanging around uh, my photographer f- friends back in the day uh, at the Oshkosh Air Show, uh, one of the people gave up their spot on the on the uh, the blimp Get on the Get blimp the Akron. Yeah, the Akron or whatever it was. They're like, yeah, it's really boring. And I'm like, no, I really want to go. And they're like, no, it's really boring. You're gonna you're gonna think it's really cool for about five seconds, and you're gonna, huh? Sorry, are we done yet? So, uh, so that's the. Was it cool the whole time? No, it wasn't. It was cool landing. It was cool taking off, and then it was kind of interesting for about seriously five minutes, and then it was just like, okay. I gotta but tell you, I, I would, I would eat that up. I would just. I'll tell you what, though, it's creepy as hell at some point because you're basically in something that's at. 2,500 feet. The size of W bus, right? About like that or a little bit It's bigger? about as big as this. You know, it's not a huge thing. It's about as big as this. Uh-huh. About as big as the area that we're sit, standing in. And, you know, you're basically not moving. And you're in this thing and you're up. It's kind of... And when you get your head around that, you're like, okay, this is just... I'm not happy about this now. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that would bother me is I would start running through my mind... How little structure there is between where the bottom of my shoe is and nothing. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing here's the but the thing is is that I've flown enough airplanes, uh, private glider, uh, you know, home built stuff uh, that you know there's not much structure in in between that. So right. that kind of that kind of didn't bother me. But what did bother me was just the fact that i was standing at 2500 feet and there was this and then the guys turned the engines off for just a second you know to give you the fact of how it turns into the wind and Uh and then you know you're uh, subject to all the forces that that is and that's it 
homework. Homework is beer. Participate in your Cinco December. Something somewhere. Everybody's going to catch on to this this week. Uh, I know it's kind of a big deal here because the brewers are happy about it. Uh, but there's, uh, and it's not just beer, right? It's all alcohol. Absinthe. Absinthe. Whiskey. Um, there's a really interesting book. Demon uh, Gin. There's an interesting book that just came out. Um, it's called Imbibe from Absinthe Cocktail to Whiskey Smash. And it's a story book that talks about, uh, that follows uh, an early bartender from the late night, from the end of the 19th century. And he uh, basically paints a picture of what what the uh, the local scene was like. Interesting. And uh, puts the rest puts recipes around it. It was printed in excuse me, published in two thousand seven. Has over a hundred cocktail recipes and uh, was written by this guy named Dave Wondrich, who is a quote leading cocktail historian. So uh, he uh, explains punches, toddies, juleps, cocktails, and fizzies in his book. Nice. Yeah. And I would say that a lot of the art of those uh, turn-of-the-century drinks got lost because of Prohibition. True that. You know, and people now are... Well, if you read the menu at Alembic, they make you want to believe that. Oh, I know. But I'm just saying that if you go to most places, most... uh, Most... Tavern. If you go to most taverns, right, and you order a mixed drink, it's like, there you go, and there's no, there's no care, there's no art to it. It's, oh, it's appalling what passes for something as simple as a martini. Yeah. in most of the world or this country. You know it's, um, it's, what? Yeah, it's like oh, I forget where I was, and I don't think I was the one who ordered it. Somebody ordered a martini, and it came in a in a tumbler with ice. What? <laughs> well, I'll talk about lazy. I mean, if you were to ask a five-year-old in San Francisco to draw a picture of a martini, they'd get the glass right. A tumbler with ice? Yeah. Oh, savages. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Shakes head. <laughs> it's true. No, I mean, there's some things that uh, one of my friends, who's a mixologist, has made. Uh, and you know, I've, I've talked about her on the show and promised actually to have her on the show at one point. Um, but the things that, that Alberta has put together, you know, from by, uh, seeking out old, uh, recipe books that largely some of them even got destroyed because of prohibition, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, you can't have that off it goes or disappears because, you know, it appears that, you know, 19, the, you know, over a decade, someone's like, well, I'm never going to need this again because I can't get this, can't get this, can't get this. It's gone. And uh, How am I going to cure my rheumatism without yeah, that? The art, form of, the art form of the mixed drink goes away. Yeah. No, you're right. The things that pass for a mixed drink are appalling. <sighs> Muddle a quince. Yeah, muddle of quince. <laughs> I'm an E. Where are you going to get a quince? My muddled print. Well, I don't have anything else. So uh, I have nothing else. Yeah. So we just hope gotta, you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Yeah, hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Enjoy Cinco December. And uh, 
the the holiday of John Foster. Check it out. Cinco December. What I'm gonna have to. I'm Cinco not gonna. December.com. Yeah, it's gonna be mine. Eight bucks. Another eight bucks. I should just buy beer with that and just let let that go. Cinco December. All right. Well, we only have one last thing to say on beer school, and that is goodbye. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Class dismissed. Class <laughs> <laughs> Uh Where to now? Uh, Russian River. What? Oh, yeah, let's go. Okay. Hey, kid, <laughs> take us to Russian River. Kid, call the cab. Yeah. Hey, kid, call us a cab. Oh, wait, you know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is kind of... You know, if I had the money to take a cab to Russian River, I'd take a helicopter there. Because it'd probably be about the same. <sighs> yep. Too bad there's not a uh, a good uh, brewery on Clear Lake. Could you imagine how cool it'd be to take a float plane from right out back here to Clear Lake? Yeah, we could actually do that. <laughs> be like Indiana Jones. Do, 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 do. I'm so unhappy about the newest incantation of or version of indiana jones really makes me sad done with in may yeah but still i talked to one of my friends who's a home brewer who actually worked on that film Uh uh-huh and you know he's he's just shaking his head the whole time we're having the conversation he's like um i'm like so what's up with selective magnetism you know where the magnetism works sometimes but doesn't other times like what's up with that he goes well you know we all talked about that like well you didn't do anything about it you could have fixed that part it's like well you know george i'm like you know checks clear it's have you been to our cafe at the presidio no you haven't well yeah and tuesdays and thursdays we have massage so i don't care about the magnets bastards Dude, I have points on the video games. <laughs> you have points in the video no, games? I'm just saying. Oh. Why, oh, you, why don't you care about selective magnetism? I got points on the video games. Uh, there's that. Maybe that's where the kids should go work next. <laughs> and now they, you know, it's not like the old days when it was all just a bunch of guys working here. Now we got some women working here. Oh, I have to apologize for my comment by the uh when i was faking being the uh constitutional scholar yes about all men are created equal and now we've got chicks sorry about that that's that was rather sexist but the constitutional scholar of oh, course, that's one of the least sexist things you've ever said john 